The MLB trade deadline is approaching, and the Locked On MLB YouTube channel will be streaming the hot stove live. Two hours of MLB trade analysis from our Locked On lineup of local experts. Subscribe to Locked On MLB on YouTube and tune in on July 30th, beginning at 3 p.m. Eastern. You are Locked On Yankees, your daily New York Yankees podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. You are listening to the Locked On Yankees podcast, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. My name is Stacey Gotsoulias, and I'm the host of Locked On Yankees. I'm a baseball writer turned podcast host, and you may have read my work at places like Baseball Prospectus, The Hardball Times, Sporting News, and the ESPN Sweet Spot blog. You can find us on Twitter at Locked On Yankees, all one word. You can find me on Twitter at Stace Gotts. We're also on Instagram at Locked On Yankees, all one word, and you can find me in the Spotify Green Room at Stace Gotts. If you're a new listener, hello and welcome. If you're a returning listener, welcome back, and I hope you all enjoy today's episode. It is going to be different than what I've been advertising. It was supposed to be a preview of the three-game set that begins tonight in the Yankees' House of Horrors, otherwise known as Tropicana Field, but the Yankees made a trade yesterday with the Pirates. So I figured, why not talk to Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates, who's going to tell you everything you need to know about Clay Holmes, We're also going to talk about how our teams are doing so far this year, what he sees for the future of the Pirates, and more. But first, you can get Locked On Yankees, Locked On Pirates, and all other Locked On podcasts straight to your phone in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. And when you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On Yankees. So the Yankees traded away Hoy Park and Diego Castillo for left-handed bullpen piece Clay Holmes. And this is my conversation with Ethan Smith about the trade and more. So ahead of the deadline, the big trade deadline that everyone is, you know, waiting with anticipation to find out which teams are going to make the biggest moves, the Yankees and the Pirates made a deal because that's something that never happens. (laughs) This time, the Yankees traded for right-handed reliever Clay Holmes and in exchange for minor league infielders Diego Castillo and Hoy Park. Now, for Yankee fans, for some reason, they were really up in arms about the Park move because the Yankees had called him up. They didn't start him. He sat on the bench. He was one of their best players in the minors so far this season. People were excited to see him come up, and he did nothing, and then they traded him away. So Yankee fans would like to know, is Clay Holmes worth it? Um. Yeah, I mean, I would say he is. Uh, I'm probably the only person on the planet that knows about Clay Holmes at the moment. Um, So, I mean, you guys probably do now, too, by now. But, I mean, realistically, you look at the bullpen and how this Pirates bullpen was at the beginning of the year. It's one of the better bullpens in baseball to start the year. Um, But, of course, when you rely on it so much because you're starting pitching is absolute garbo, um, they usually end up falling apart. But Clay Holmes, even with all the sticky stuff, wasn't like that. Uh, 44 appearances, 44 strikeouts, three, uh, 35 walks is kind of concerning. So his walk to strikeout rate is a little concerning, but that's over 42 innings. So, I mean, 44 strikeouts over 42 innings is pretty nice. 
35 walks to 42 innings. That's kind of eh. Um, but one thing that I have heard about the Yankees, and you can obviously uh, fact check me on this, is they've struggled to pitch against right-handed batting. Um, and Clay Holmes has a uh, 173 average against with right-handed batters. Um, so that's where he's pretty much at. Um, he's also been a starter before, so he's a long reliever. So maybe he can help in those areas when you're starting pitching is uh, struggling a little bit. But that's really where he kind of comes into the mold a little bit is he's more of the guy who's going to come in. If you have a two run lead, he's likely going to keep it for you. You know, it's funny you mentioned how the Pirates uh, bullpen seems to be a bit overworked because the starters aren't doing well. And Yankee fans know all about that and how their bullpen has just basically imploded in recent recent weeks, recent yes. months. Um, yeah, they definitely do need someone who can get right-handed batters out. They also need um, they also need a left-handed hitter at some point because the lineup is too righty heavy as well. It's just all of the issues that people were worried about coming into the season for the Yankees. It's rearing their ugly head, but Mm -hmm. the one thing that they weren't worried about the bullpen is giving them the biggest problem of late, which I find totally ironic. Now for the pirates, you're getting two young players. Park is 25 Castillo is 23 They're both good offensively. Um, As I said, Park, you know, Yankee fans, the the reaction to him being traded yesterday actually cracked me up because casual Yankee fans have no idea who this guy is. Twitter Yankee Mm -hmm. fans were all just distraught that the Yankees were giving him away to the Pirates because they didn't know who Clay Holmes is because I've, I've talked about this on the show. The Yankee fans are insular. They don't pay attention to anything other than the Yankees in the AL East. They don't know much about the Pirates. And then once they started seeing more things be explained about Clay Holmes, and sure, some of the numbers are scary, but as you said, they need someone who's going to neutralize right-handed batters. And I think this is a good addition for the Yankees. Um, Park, as I said, he was called up. He only appeared in one game against Boston on July 16th. But he's hitting 307 with 10 doubles, 11 home runs. He's driven in 32 at-bats for double-A Somerset and Scranton because he was called up from the Patriots, then went up to Scranton, and then was called up by the Yankees because of all their injury issues. And then Castillo is down at Somerset or was down at Somerset. 277, fine, because who cares about batting average anyway? Um, 17 doubles, 11 home runs, and also 32 runs batted in. So these guys have some pop off the bat. And they're two good young-ish players that should do well if the Pirates want to play them. And it'll be a good opportunity for them to play. Because as I said, Park was called up. He appeared in a game, but didn't do much. And then the Yankees were like, see ya. So, Yeah, and realistically, this is funny because this is the second trade that the Yankees and the Pirates have made in the last eight months. Right. Yeah, and, and honestly, right now, based on how things have looked, we won the Jameson Tyone trade because I don't know what happened to the kid, but like, I guess maybe it's the New York feel, but everything I see about him from any Yankee fan is they're like, I can't stand this guy anymore. Well, I, I will say his last two starts, he's improved. I mean, he pitched seven innings against the Red Sox this weekend, which shocked the hell out of me and everyone else. I mean, he wasn't, it wasn't like he was dominating them, but he did well enough where they actually won that game. So, um, 
you know, I, I had actually joked because it was Tyone against Evaldi and they both have had double Tommy John surgery. And um, I was like, hmm, who's going to win out of the two time Tommy Johns? And I picked Tyone to win. And I can't believe that I was actually right. And I also predicted he was going to throw seven or more innings and he did. So nice. he's getting better. It's It just took a while for him to get there because he was having a lot of issues where either he'd start a game off rough, like he'd give two, give up two runs in the first inning and then he'd be fine. Or he would pitch three or four innings, be fine. And then give up three runs. His pitch count would be too high. He threw 100 on the nose in seven innings at Fenway, which considering how he started the year, I will take that every day and twice on Sunday. In a moment, Ethan and I will be talking about the Yankees and Pirates and their trade past, and he will be talking about the job that Ben Sherrington has done. But first, this episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. With the ever-increasing numbers of makes and models, it's now impossible for your local chain auto parts store to stock all the parts you need. Why endure often pointless or seemingly intimidating questioning while waiting for the person behind the counter to order the part on their computer, but choosing only the brand their warehouse happens to carry? You have computers with access to rockauto.com at home and in your pocket. You can save time and money when using Rock Auto. Rock Auto is a family business, and they've been serving do-it-yourselfers for over 20 years. Their prices are reliably low for every customer, and they have everything you could need from brake parts to tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpet. So go explore their easy-to-use website today to find the solution to your auto parts needs. Go to rockauto.com right now and see all the parts available for your car or truck. Write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Yeah, and I mean, also, too, it's like the Pirates' lineage with the Yankees just keeps getting deeper. I mean, Garrett Cole already there. Jameson mm-hmm. Tyone there, Clay Holmes there. You also had Andrew McCutcheon at one point. But one thing that's going on with the Tyone trade and now this trade especially is it's very interesting with how Ben Sherrington has done things. In that first trade, he split it down the middle. He got Miguel Yahure and Rolenzi Contreras, who have been phenomenal. Yahure, uh, of course, has been injured lately, so it's been kind of hard to see what he's doing. But when he comes back, he's a mainstay in the uh, rotation no matter what. And then they got two guys – for like fielding uh, Kanan Smith and Mikel Escato, who have also had very good years. This trade, he didn't even go for a pitcher, which is ironic because if you go look at locked on pirates on Twitter right now, I will go ahead and admit to this. When I saw the name Diego Castillo, I thought it was Diego Castillo from the Tampa Bay Rays the pitcher. <laughs> so that was fun to tweet out about. Cause I was like, wow, we actually got him somehow. And then I realized I was wrong. Um, but it's very interesting now that you look at the trades that Ben Charrington made before, and now you're looking at the movie he makes now. Like a lot of people were really like upset about the Adam Frazier deal, like thinking he should have waited longer. Mm. Um, and then there's the stuff uh, as we're recording, of course, Tyler Anderson and Richard Rodriguez have yet to move yet. And there's other guys like a Chris Stratton and a Chase Sean Shri- uh, Shreve that could move as well that, he kind of at the beginning was going for single a double a talent. Like that was what he wanted from what I'm getting from you. Park is not a like double a talent at all. He's like a pretty much MLB ready kid, right? He seems to be. Yeah. I mean, you know, I would say he's quadruple a, (laughs) you know what I mean? He's kind of like, you know, in between 
triple a and making it to uh the majors but you know the yankees as i said they didn't really give him a shot to show anything off so i think that you know the pirates will give him a better opportunity to actually play and that's good for him but as i said it was just very funny seeing people overreact and then people being upset that you know they're all expecting a blockbuster for the yankees and who knows what's going to happen during the trade deadline and which teams are going to get lucky enough to get the big guys that are supposedly out there. I mean, these next few days are going to be lit as the kids say, Yeah, (laughs) Yeah, as as the kids say, she's, she's referencing me guys. Don't worry. (laughs) Um, But the thing is too, with this trade is I think Castillo as well, like based on what you told me with the, like the statistics and everything is where I'm at in the pirates form of the rebuild at this point is if park is MLB ready, we just got another guy that's pretty much MLB ready from the Padres when we traded Frazier and Tucapita Marcano. He's pr- another middle infielder. But then you have all these other middle infielders that are also like going to be ready in two or three years. The Pirates are basically the OKC Thunder of Major League Baseball. Like Ben Sherrington is turning into the Sam Presti of, of baseball at this point. He's literally getting so many prospects and so many things and all this other stuff. And a lot of these guys that he's obtained so far are rule five eligible, which is very scary to me because I hope he doesn't make these trades and then doesn't protect the right guy. And that guy gets taken and we have a whole nother rabbit hole to deal with. Mm. But I mean, it's interesting to talk about that going back to the Adam Frazier trade with the Padres, which you can listen to that. uh, Me and Javi talk about that trade. Marcano was the fifth ranked prospect and the 11th ranked prospect respectively on MLB.com and fan graphs in the Padre system. When we traded for him, he dropped from out of our top 30 and 37th on fan graphs. That tells you how good our farm system is in large part. Part of that is to the Yankees as well. You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, we appreciate it because we need it. Good Lord. <laughs> How are you, how are you feeling about, you know, not that they expected much from um, the pirates this season, but how are you feeling about the team and where do you see it in the next few years? How long is this going to take for them to turn things around? Do you think earliest 2023 latest 2025? Mm. That's what I would say. Um, Just because you just had a phenomenal draft. I mean, you signed all the guys you picked four guys, your first four picks were four guys in the top 32. So you basically got four first round picks and managed to sign all four of them. Nobody thought that was going to happen. I didn't even think that was going to happen. And then you got another guy in the top 100 in Braylon Bishop in the 14th round that you're also probably signing. So that also plays into the fact now that taking into account of these trades, and I know you being a Yankees fan are very familiar with Ben Charrington being the Red Sox and Jays GM back in the day. Um, I've noticed now with him that he's just doing a good job of kind of spacing things out. And as Gary Morgan, who's one of my uh, guests every Monday always says, he's not building for like a lot of these assets that he's picking up in the draft and some of these lower a guys, he's not building for that window. Those are the guys that when key Brian Hayes is winning gold gloves in all-star games and stuff like that. And Nick Gonzalez, O'Neill Cruz and Mason Martin, are like your infield and then you have Swaggerty Reynolds and whoever in the outfield, like a Canaan Smith, who we got from the Yankees, those guys are going to be the guys you plug and play into your team when you have 
that window open and you want to keep that window open. That's what Neil Huntington failed to do when we were good from 2013 to 2015 is he set the team up to win for three years, but then he didn't set it up to sustain that winning formula. So I'd say next year you're going to see a whole different Pirates team. It's going to be more of a like bunch of MLB ready prospects that are probably going to get thrown together. And I mean, I don't think they'll lose as many games next year. They'll be a little more competitive. 2023 is going to be the, the tell all year is that's either going to be the year it starts or you're going to see that 2024 is the year that it'll begin. It's so funny when you said 2023, I was thinking, wow, that's so far away. And then I realized it's not far away at all. It's only two years. (laughs) Yeah. And that's the crazy part about baseball. As you really think about it, 2023 to people sounds pretty far away, but if the development curve for a lot of these guys as well, like if Miguel Yahure, who we picked up from the Yankees, can actually turn into a serviceable starter, if Rowenzi Contreras continues what he's doing, striking guys out like at will at double A, uh, Mason Martin has the most home runs in all of minor league baseball since 2019. There's a lot of reason. Like, I mean, O'Neill Cruz, we have our own Aaron Judge. O'Neill Cruz is six foot seven. He plays shortstop. I mean, like, it's that's ridiculous. crazy. That's crazy to me. Yeah, and we're thinking about putting him in the corner outfields again, but I don't know what we're doing with it. Um, but then you have Nick Gonzalez. He's our number two prospect. He's a hitting machine in Greensboro. If he didn't get hurt this year, he'd probably already be in double A. There's a lot of reason to be very excited to be a Pirates fan right now. And again, 2023 is not that far away. It's not as bad as people think it is. And that's just where I'm at with it. In a moment, more with Ethan. We'll be talking about how our teams are doing so far in 2021. And, you know, Yankee fans, we're not having a fun 2021. But first, Bet Online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Baseball season is in full swing. We're in the week of the trade deadline. Things are getting crazy, and you can track all the action at Bet Online. Get all the latest news, odds, and info for all your sporting needs, including MLB, NBA, NHL, and all your UFC MMA action. Before the next pitch, head over to Bet Online on your laptop or mobile device and check out all the great sporting news, sign up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game. As I said, the trade deadline is happening, teams' rosters will be changing, playoff runs will be happening. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use our promo code LOCKED ON. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. I was just wondering from your perspective what everything is like because I know from my perspective and how this season is going for my team (laughs) I keep holding out hope that they're going to turn things around and then they just implode again and it's so frustrating to watch you know what's cracking me up though is a lot of people are acting as if this is the worst season they've seen in their entire lives Nick Totoro is a big Yankee fan and Mm -hmm. after Sunday's game he was tweeting in all caps. This is the worst effing team I've seen in 50 years of watching the Yankees. And I'm like, dude, did you not watch 1990 and 91 expectation wise? Sure. This is a bad season because everyone expected them to do much better. And the, as I said earlier, the one part of the team that all of the pundits were talking about as being a strength for the Yankees has been their downfall. Because if you think of all those comeback wins that have happened, The one against the Angels that I had the pleasure of actually witnessing in person, 
the Astros, the two against the Red Sox, those games swing the other way and the bullpens, the bullpen doesn't implode. The Yankees are only four or five games out because head to head with Boston for two games. And those other two days, I believe Boston lost both days. So it's so crazy how in a 162 game season, you know, a lot of us think, all right, it's fine. If they lose games in April, they'll make up for it later in the year. But those five games or four games are going to impact the Yankees for the rest of the season. Just those four games. It's, crazy how that works out i mean yeah and it's like at one point in this 162 game season shockingly and i remember being on with sully the day after it happened we beat the kansas city royals and were an above 500 team we were 12 and 11 and now we're 31 in or 39 and 61 i think Trust me, it's hard to keep up with. The wins and losses mean nothing to me. It's all individual development and who emerges as leaders on this ball club. Uh, yeah, we're 38 and 61. I was very close. But you guys also have a big series this week. Yankees uh, Rays. Two big, you know, we just, uh, uh, let's see. We both, let's say, say this censored, crap the bed. Okay. We should have won three out of four in Fenway if those two games weren't blown. And it wasn't as if these were, you know, relievers that like it wasn't Luis Sessa and it wasn't Wandy Peralta it was Chad Green and Jonathan Lewisica who were the ones who imploded in those two games those two games go differently they come out of Fenway winning three out of four heading into their house of horrors in Tampa or you know technically St. Pete instead they're limping into St. Pete it's just again the swing of those two games completely changes everything heading into this series with Tampa. And, you know, this episode besides this conversation is the preview of that series. And I do not have a good feeling about it. But then again, there are other times I've had bad feelings about things and they've won five out of six. So you never know what's going to happen with this team. That's the other frustrating thing. You think they're going to do well. They do bad. You think they're not going to do well. Like they had that stretch where they played the Blue Jays up in Buffalo and then they came home for the A's for three and they won five out of six. Yeah. I mean, it's also just frustrating for a lot of people too. Like they always say, how does it feel to see like these players, like the Pirates all the time, like now Adam Frazier, Clay Holmes, Jameson Tyone, Joe Musgrove, Josh Bell. How does it feel to see them get traded off? And I'm like, I'm 22 years old and I've seen this team have four winning seasons. Mm. I mean, like it's something that I'm used to, but now that I cover the team, I kind of understand more why it's done. If that makes sense. Right. And then as I was saying, all the Yankee fans claiming that this is the worst season they've seen. The Yankees have not had a losing season since I had just graduated high school. (laughs) I'm going to be 47 in a month. So that's a long ass time for a team to not have a losing season. Even some of the teams who have won World Series recently have had losing seasons in between those World Series, like the Red Sox. Yeah. Times where they just fall off a cliff and then the next year they win the World Series because their front office knows what they're doing. I feel like the Yankees, it's long enough. Brian Cashman has been GM longer than you're alive. Yeah. (laughs) And as much as I love Cashman and, you know, there are a lot of great things he's done, they just need a switch and ownership is constantly talking about how important winning is, but they've shown me nothing 
to prove that winning is everything because Hal is not like his father at all. Um, Hank was more like his father. I, I said this, I joked about this uh, after Hank passed away, but I said, if the Yankees owner could be a hybrid of Hal where he has the business smarts, but also the craziness of Hank, that would have been the perfect owner for the Yankees. And they just don't have that. And until something changes, the Yankees are just going to be that team that could win a World Series, but won't win a World Series because they won't get that thing that pushes them over the top, no matter what they do. Yeah. And I mean, realistically, that's been the thing that stopped the Pirates for a while is Bob Nutting. And I know my listeners are going to like love this part of this, but <laughs> the, the guy is just I don't ever understand it. But the fact that almost all the time when I post on Twitter, like I posted about the Adam Frazier trade, I said, you know, I was just being nice. I said, OK, guys, what are your thoughts on the trade? Like what's going on? Bob Nutting this Bob Nutting that. Why can't we ever keep a good player? I'm just like. Can you Yinter stop for like five seconds and actually realize that Bob Nutting had nothing to do with Adam Frazier getting traded like that had nothing to do with him. And then the, the worst part about all this, by the way, is I'm going to see the entire like arc of this happen because Bob Nutting is an older guy, obviously, but probably when I'm around your age, he's going to probably pass away. And this is like getting into like Pittsburgh folklore um, but he already plans on handing the team to his family, like his uh, kids. I swear on my life, if his kids just all of a sudden are completely different than him and like are like, yeah, let's just go money hungry and let's spend money. You know how people of Pittsburgh are going to treat these kids? They're going to treat them like royalty if they spend money, because that's always been the thing with him is he doesn't like spending money because he's in a small market. But yet you have the most beautiful ballpark in baseball and can't ever put a winning team in it. Right. Yeah. Pittsburgh's on my bucket list, by the way, of ballparks that I need to go to. mm -hmm. Because it just every time I see pictures of it and I just yeah, my brother and I were planning on doing kind of a road trip where once things calm down, of course, because, you know, things things are spiking again. But we were trying to roadmap a trip where we would hit Toronto we'd hit Detroit we'd hit Pittsburgh we'd hit both Chicago's like we were trying to like figure out how to do it Mm -hmm. and yeah Pittsburgh is way up on the list of places that I need to go yeah and I recommend sitting either in right field or like third baseline because if you sit third baseline you see the entire skyline of the entire city right if you sit right field you see everything so right now, one last thing before we go, um, how, well, explain to my listeners everything, but how is your boy doing? Oh, Key Brian Hayes? Yeah. <laughs> um, he is, he's been in a slump as of late, but this is where, with these trades happening, um, realistically, he's going to have to step up a little bit and realize, like, I have to be the leader of this team. I have to be the best player on this team. The best player on the Pirates right now is Brian Reynolds. I give no, I will not fight with anyone over this. But it's also, you say that key Brian Hayes is in a slump, right? He's not really now. I mean, he has a hit in one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. He has a hit in seven of his last nine ball games. So, I mean, he's doing fine. Uh, his average sits at 263 on the year, which is not terrible uh 44 hits 20 rbis 21 runs he's doing fine 
Like he wasn't going to do what he did last year. He hit 376 last year at 85 at bats. There was no way he was going to replicate that. But with Adam Frazier gone, who was a big leader in the clubhouse, I think it's time that Key Brian Hayes becomes a leader there. I think it's time that he stops letting pitchers throw up and in on him and he just starts crushing the baseball again like he did on opening day. Um, and obviously, I just don't want him to get hurt again because if he gets hurt again, I don't know what the Pirates are going to do. Um, but that's where he is right now. Uh, obviously, he's had some crazy defensive plays. I'm sure you probably saw the play he had against Yadier Molina earlier in the year where he was basically in right field or mm. left field almost threw the ball off his back foot all the way to first base. He was closer to uh, the Pirates dugout than he was first base and literally threw the guy out. I know it's Yadier Molina, but even then, like taking into account that he's a 263 hitter this year, he's still an above 300 hitter on his career with a 3.2 war and 76 hits and nine home runs. So I think he'll be fine. Kid's also not that old either. He's like 24, 25. Yeah. Something like that. So he has time. And just in case certain Yankee fans are listening to this and don't realize who that is, it's Charlie Hayes' son. That's why I bring it up yes. because there's always a connection in yep. some way. <laughs> Charlie Hayes also follows me on Twitter. Nice. That mm-hmm. is a good, that's a cool flex. I like that. I didn't even know he was on Twitter. That's, that's really cool. Yeah. He's always that. talking about like, I'll, I, like if he ever does anything good, he'll like it and be like Pirates fans, just you wait. I love that because I mean, you know, one of my favorite memories of all time, and we spoke about this another time, but seeing him catch that ball for the Yankees to win the 96 World Series, my first experience really understanding a team winning the World Series and me watching it because I don't remember 77 and 78. I was only three and four. And yeah, just I love that. That's great. So thank you for uh, doing this with me because, um, you know, Yankee fans are a little worried about homes, but, you know, Aside from some of the numbers, I, I like what I'm seeing. And I think yeah. that, you know, it's it's good that they're adding another arm to the bullpen. And like you said, neutralizing right-handed batters because, yeah, that's a problem for the Yankees this season. Oh, yeah. And they, I mean, however, like, however the team or however the Pirates can help anybody, I'm cool with whatever. I really don't care. I'm just like, just help everybody however you can. Because in turn, it'll help your team hopefully in the future hopefully hopefully um also to leave on a joking note richard rodriguez the blue jays and the phillies are interested in richard uh, richard rodriguez which one of those teams has andrew mccutcheon and bring him back to pittsburgh oh right yeah he hit that big uh walk-off last night yes he did i like i like mccutcheon and i enjoyed when he was on the yankees for that brief time he was a lot of fun oh yeah of course yeah So I hope you enjoyed my conversation with Ethan Smith of Locked On Pirates, and I hope you learned some stuff about Clay Holmes. There's a reason the Yankees traded for him. It wasn't just a silly move that they made. So it'll be interesting to see if they do anything else, if they can do anything else worthwhile during the trade or before the trade deadline. We know they have to do more, but will they do more? That remains to be seen. Tonight, the Yankees take on the Tampa Bay Rays down in Tropicana Field, and I will at least preview tonight's game. Jordan Montgomery against Shane McClanahan. Montgomery was the starter in Thursday's game, which turned into a disaster. So we'll see how he rebounds from having a sick stomach watching the bullpen blow that lead. He's 3-5 and 
with a 3.96 ERA on the year. McClanahan is 4-3 with a 3.88 ERA. Again, down in Tampa, game is on WPIX tonight. So for now, that's it for this episode of Locked On Yankees, which is part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. I'd like to remind you that you can subscribe to this show and Locked On Pirates in Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Odyssey, Spotify, Stitcher, or anywhere else you get your podcasts. When you get into your car, you can tell your smart device to play podcast Locked On NBA. NBA draft goat Chad Ford, Locked On MLB draft host Rafael Barlow, and Locked On NBA host John Corrales will be live this year covering the NBA draft. It's Locked On NBA Draft 2021, brought to you by Built Bar. Get local expert analysis on each pick. Follow Locked On NBA on YouTube today and watch our live coverage on July 29th at 7 p.m. Eastern. One more thing, if you could be so kind, please rate this podcast and spread the word about this podcast to your fellow Yankee fans. We would really appreciate it. Enjoy your Tuesday, and I will talk to you all tomorrow.